This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Today we're continuing our conversation about live preaching or teaching, as the case may be, since we're talking about how we preach and teach the same messages to our kids that we preach to our adults. Leslie Bennett and I are here with our kids team leader, George Esternell. Pastor George, you've been with us before, but why don't you reintroduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you, Jimmy. It is good to be here with you guys. My name is George Esternell. My wife, Elisa, and I have uh, been married for 20 years. We've been a part of Family Church for 15, and I am now in my ninth year here at Family Church. It's hard to believe. Yes, it is. Time flies, doesn't it? And I get to serve as the pastor to children and families here at our downtown campus and also get to be a part of our leadership team, coaching and leading our kids ministry leaders across all of our campuses. Yeah, and that's a huge job and so vital to what we do. And one of the things, Leslie, that we say about George is that George and his team are what really put the family in family church, because if we don't do a great job ministering and training and helping people disciple their children, then what point is it to call ourselves family church? It's almost like false advertising. That's right. And they are amazing. We have a great kids team. And also just to put it in context for our leaders, we've talked with our about our matrix team. So George is on our matrix team and setting the philosophy and strategy for all of our kids teams across all of our campus. He really casts vision and drives culture to the next generation. So George, how do you keep our kids team moving in line with what we're teaching their grandparents, their parents, their guardians, whoever it is that's bringing them to church? Well, Leslie, that is something that I'm so grateful for. Pastor Jimmy uh, just does a great job of including us as part of our preaching team. And so what we do is we line up our preaching and our teaching that takes place in our kids' worship venues across all of our campuses, and we line up what is being taught in the big room. We do it in the room with the kids, and we do it in a fun, creative way. And it does require a lot to put that together each and every week, but it is something that we feel is beneficial to help and build families and, and allowing them to engage in spiritual conversations. And George, you guys do a full-blown kids worship. So talk to our listeners about what it is that you do that makes it different for kids than maybe what they experience in the big, what we call the big room or our, our adult uh, worship service. Well, what makes it different is obviously some creative elements that we can't get away with when you're inside the big room, right? So we we do everything from drama, uh, skits to puppets and uh, object lessons, different things that kind of bring the biblical truth that we're trying to communicate. We try to bring it to life for those kids. But there is something unique about our worship service, and we do call it a kids worship service because we don't think it's a show. We're not there to just put on a show for these kids. We do believe and our goal is ultimately to train these kids to be worshipers and to understand what takes place in that big room. We just do it in a fun way. So right out of the bat. Unlike the big room. That's right. We do it in a boring (laughs) way. Exactly. There's no puppets. I mean, if you don't have puppets, how can it be fun? I mean, it does. I mean, we do have a lot of fun. And and what, what, what takes place is we want the kids to learn to know that they can worship God through the music, 
through the teaching of the word and through the giving. And so those are elements that take place in our kids' worship service that take place also in the big room. And so we're training them. So by the time they get to sixth grade, middle school, and they get to sit in that big room, they have a clear understanding that when they sit there, they know, hey, this is the time for us to sing. We're here to worship through the singing. When pastor gets up to preach and open up the Bible, hey, this is our act of worship and through the teaching. And so those are some of the elements. And even taking up the offering, that is something that we continuously each and every week train them and help them to understand that God is the giver of all things and that we're the managers and everything that we have belongs to him. And so we're doing this as big picture, trying to get them to know what it looks like to be So tell me a little bit, George, because I know you attend the preaching retreat and I know you attend the weekly preaching meeting. But after that, I have to confess that I don't really know what happens. Like I know your team meets, but how do you flesh out what you've learned in the preaching meeting and then get your team to translate that to your kids' worship services? Well, actually, Leslie, that I would say is probably the toughest part, right? To contextualize and take something like us. We've been going through the book of Romans, and obviously there's some big... A lot of great stories in there. <laughs> I yeah. know, right? It makes it really easy to take these big theological truths. And But what we do is we'll come out of that preaching meeting, and Pastor Zach Rickards, who helps lead our Gardens Campus, and Stephen Madonna, who's our pastor out at Children's Pastor out at West, we gather together and we'll take the heart of that message and we'll try to narrow some of those things down to, to one big idea that okay. we want those kids, one central truth, a timeless truth that they can walk away with that will help shape their hearts, their minds, understanding of who God is. And so it does take a little bit, but was, as we discuss our audience and understand that there's a lot of things that have not kind of messed up the way that they think yet. You know, sometimes as adults, you have to undo a lot that's already been done. You have a great, great platform with these kids to kind of shape them and mold them and actually feed them these truths. And so we'll gather together. We'll come up with a, an outline and uh, some different things that we can do with some illustrations that will kind of help us. And then we'll go back to our team, our kids team every Wednesday and we gather together and there's where we'll throw out skit ideas, object lessons, games. And uh, those guys, we it, it is a team effort. I've done it on my own for a lot of years before we ever got to this point. But the team comes together with these different ideas and everybody has studied and prepared and, and comes prepared to that meeting to kind of bring that message to life in a way that's relevant to the kids. And one of the things that I love about what you guys do, George, is your worship service in the kids' area mirrors the same elements in the same order as our worship service in the big room. So even though you do have uh, puppets and other things that we don't have in the big room, I, I like it because by the time a kid uh, works through your program, becomes a fifth grade young leader, so they're actually now one of the helpers mm -hmm. helping with kids worship That's when they're right. fifth grade, then they move to middle school. Well, now they're kind of expected to come to the big room, but the, what they're going to experience in the big room, they're going to sing the same songs. They may sing it a little they different do. way mm -hmm. and without, you know, the wiggles on stage doing whatever they do, yes. but they're going to sing in a different way, but they're going to sing the same songs. They're going to hear message from the Bible, just like they did in there. They're going to open God's word in their own hands. Like they did in there, they're going to give money and all the things that we do, you've already trained them to do so that by the time they come to middle school, it's a natural natural transition. And I think that's such a powerful, powerful thing. It is. And Pastor Jimmy, I'll tell you what's really awesome. And we've discussed this and talked about it as a team often. And I do believe that it comes from training these kids at a young age on what it looks like to gather and to worship. One of the things that I, I'd love to brag on, even in our student ministry, from our trips at camp 
to our advanced mission trips, to even our kids' camps and even our worship services, is our kids, there is a culture of them learning and being good listeners. It is amazing that our students and our kids know how to sit and listen to the Bible. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds Hundreds of them at a time. At a time. Yeah. And take notes. It really is something that I believe starts at a young age as we're training them. Yes, there's a lot of fun elements, but there is a purpose to what we're doing, and I believe that it actually helps us in the long run. No doubt. And the other thing that I want our listeners to hear, because again, this is church for the rest of us. You may be listening and go, oh, well, he's got a full-time kids pastor and they got all these other kids pastors and they got puppets and pup shows. Listen, don't picture what they do at North Point. If you've ever been to North Point, we don't have a budget like that. This doesn't, you know, Disney World doesn't come in and design our sets. All of our sets are designed and built by volunteers. It's all done on a shoestring. It's done at a very low cost. And the truth is any church of any size could do kids worship exactly like we do it, even if you don't have full-time teams, because we have a several, of, several of our campuses, it's all done by volunteers. And so, George, talk just a little bit about that, making this happen, maybe without having some mega budget. Absolutely. That is so true. We make sure that what we do is scalable. We have campuses that have 20 kids and kids worship, and we have some that we can gather, you know, nearly 100. Yeah. Yeah. So what takes place is for us to be able to have a team, as long as you've got a lead teacher, even if you, we can pull off our skits, even if you had just one volunteer who would interact with you. Obviously, what you could develop with several volunteers on a stage is great, but you literally can talk through a lesson with another individual who's just role playing for you to help you illustrate what it is that you're trying to communicate. And it's as simple as that. And so our venues are very friendly, very easy. And you're exactly right, Pastor Jimmy, we build our own sets. It's done by volunteers and each campus is a different size. We have some that are a lot smaller, some that are a little bit bigger, but ultimately what we want to do is create a venue that allows them to have a different and unique experience every time they walk in. They know that when they walk into that venue, it's created by us what they get to experience. And that is what makes the learning fun. It's it's what creates that environment that makes them want to come back and be a part of it. And so very easy to pull off with any venue of yeah. any size. And the key word I think you use there several times is volunteers. That's so exactly yes, right. So yes, we do have a team, but the things that we're talking about, any kids pastor or kids leader could do with volunteers. That's exactly right. You could get right. together, you could brainstorm, you could figure out how you can creatively present that idea to kids. So we have a great team, but you could do it with volunteers. Right. On Sunday morning, I'm the only paid staff in that room. Okay. Right. Everybody else is a volunteer that I've recruited and brought onto the team and they buy into what we're doing and they understand that what we do really works for us. We don't work for it. So we use it to help us accomplish what we're trying to do in that room. And so we've talked a little bit about how we do it, but I want to talk a little bit about, George, how this helps accomplish our mission and our vision and how it helps align our kids um, with that mission and vision. So how do you see that working? Well, you know, our core values here at Family Church are to teach the Bible, to build families, and to love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so the way that we build our families is obviously coming into that kids' worship venue and teaching the Bible, teaching and lining up, which is very important, which we just discussed. But the building of the family, what takes place when we get to line up with what takes what's being taught in the big room Mm -hmm. is that it allows families to engage in spiritual conversations from the time 
that they get in their cars to drive home. And so even if you feel like you don't have time during the week to sit down or to do the things that you'd like to do because it seems crazy, you literally can engage in a spiritual conversation right out of the chute when you get in your car as you're leaving. And then some of the things that we create to have opportunities for conversations at home is that we produce these family time cards. And each and every week, we basically write just a few questions based upon the passage that we taught on Sunday that would allow parents to lead a family devotion at home. And it is something that because they heard the message themselves at home, I mean, uh, on Sunday in their service, they feel equipped to do that. And so for us, our heart is to partner with the parents. And for us to be able to partner with the parents is to do exactly what we're doing so that they feel equipped to lead their children in these spiritual conversations. And so those are some of the ways that we partner with them. I find those family time cards to be so powerful because, you know, my children have grown up and some of them are still, you know, I've got a lot. So um, are still growing up (laughs) in the kids ministry at our church. Yeah. And so these family time cards are a part of our weekly kind of family routine and our kids, you know, and again, lest our listeners let their minds run wild here. We're talking about an index card with black ink on it that all it is is uh, the scripture that we read last Sunday for the message in adult church and kids church because it's the same and a simple question or two that a dad or a mom could go over with their kids after they read that scripture. It's that simple. And you fill it in, you turn it in on Sunday, and what do you get? Oh, man, they get rewarded with candy for bringing it in. So you get a piece of candy. So it's very low cost. It's very low budget. Literally any church of any size could do something like this. And uh, you say, well, nobody's going to do that. Oh, believe me, tons of kids want you to sign that. My kids keep that card, keep track of it for seven days, and they make me sign it before they go to church because they want a piece of candy when they get there. And it's yeah. just such an easy way to bribe kids into discipleship, just like <laughs> Jesus said. Yeah. And so I just think that's a, a really a wonderful thing. And it's part of the ways that we, Leslie, partner with parents because we say we're the Home Depot uh, for parenting and families. You can do it. We can help. And it's a way that George and his team help Kristen and me disciple our children by reminding us and even resourcing us to have spiritual conversations at home that parallel and match the spiritual conversations they've already been having at at church. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, what's neat is if you do a good good enough job of rewarding them. Those kids are going to be the ones that are reminding their parents. Oh, that's right. Doing the that's devotion. what mine do. I, I forget mean, about the It devotion. is without a doubt. And so, and we also do some raffle drawings. So we, we'll reward each kid that brings back their card with a candy, but that also goes into a big duffel bag that we have and we'll do a drawing. And that has been something that continues to motivate those kids to want to come up and get a prize and be recognized in front of everyone along with their memory verse that's on there that they memorized. But the goal is really to create that conversation. That's right. And that's what's so important. And like you said, it's super easy for people to do. If they've heard the same message, they can engage their kid in conversation. So that's one of the ways we do that. George, are there other things that you line up with your kids' ministry um, with what we're doing churchwide? Because we're talking about culture and how you create a healthy church culture. So what else do you engage in? Well, one of the things that we always try to do, and and even as I coach our team, I talk to them often about being a blessing to their campus pastor and being a blessing to their church and how we can line up 
with whatever it is that we're trying to do so that we can come alongside and even help the kids be a part of it. And so we have done this in so many different ways through different sermon series that we've done, uh, different initiatives that we've taken as a church from writing down names of individuals that we want to pray for that are far from God. We have had our kids join in and write the names of kids or people that they know that are far from God. We've talked about how to have gospel conversations. We've trained them on how to do the three circles. So the same things that we're trying to get our church to do and helping them to be the church out there, we constantly communicate that to our kids and give them opportunities to be a part of that. And so it helps us line up with the overall mission and vision of the church. And that is a blessing to our pastors, that it's a blessing to the parents. It allows everyone to be on the same page. And so those are some key things that we do, even as Christmas time is about to come up and we do our best gift as a, a way for us to give. Well, we cre- have created boxes for our kids to participate and be a part of that, training them to know that, hey, this is your opportunity to give to God from all that he's given to you. And so those are some of the ways that we line up to share the vision of the church with them. And one of the things that's important to us too, George and Leslie, is being a multi-generational church. We're a multi-cultural church and we're a multi-campus church. And across our campuses, we literally have people that are first and second generation immigrants, hundreds and hundreds of them, some of them documented, some undocumented. Uh, We have people from every race, every nation, and I mean a lot. Okay, we are truly a multicultural church and all of our families look different too. And so uh, when you come to family church, probably like the churches of our listeners, you know, there are a lot of single parent homes. There are foster kids there. There are kids that are being adopted. There are kids mm-hmm. whose grandparents are bringing them. There are kids who have been abused. There are kids who've been, whose parents have been divorced multiple times. Yes. There are kids who, whose parents aren't married to each other and they're living together. And so part of what your group does is teach the Bible, but we're pulling in all of these kids and having great compassion and grace in the way we talk about the Bible so that these kids don't feel pushed down or pushed out. They feel pulled in and lifted up. And that's what we want for their parents as well. And truthfully, just as a pastor, let me talk to my pastor peers out there who are listening. A great kids ministry will help you build your church. I don't see actually how you can do it without a great kids ministry. And don't judge a great kids ministry by the size of the venue or the size of the budget or the number of paid staff you have or don't have, because you can have a great kids ministry with the resources you have at your church right now, but it does require some intentionality. So George, some of our listeners are going to, there are sitting out there going, oh, it sounds great. I don't have a kids pastor right now. I don't even have a kids team. There are people who work in the kids area who are saying, I would like to see our kids area aligned with our adult ministry. How does that person even get started on that conversation? Well, obviously the the campus pastor, the lead pastor, the pastor has to one, have that desire and be willing to work and include those individuals to come alongside them. And so whoever it is that you have leading or teaching in your kid's ministry, it's helping that individual be able to sit in. Maybe it's just to be able to have a small discussion with their pastor or, you know, depending on how they lead through their preaching for that week. But even if they were able to just sit down and hear a little bit of the heart of that message, that will help that individual each week and basically take a team of volunteers. If they've got some volunteers, even if it's one or two, But what you want to do is be able to get individuals to use their 
gifts and their talents in that specific area and develop them to be a part of that kid's worship experience. And so just being able to have that opportunity, I think is is important and vital, is, is just creating the opportunity for that person to be able to do it. And then they can just be creative. You don't have to have a set if you don't have the ability to create a set and have a set for them but to at least create a venue. So if it's a classroom, if it's lighting, if it's music, whatever it is, creating an environment that is different than what takes place in the regular classroom and their Bible study group or whatever it is, create something that is unique that those kids will look forward to coming to. And so even if you don't have a great big budget and you can't do anything, if you can at least do something with some lighting or with music or something that is inviting. I think that that's a great start to be able to line up the teaching that the pastor is giving you the opportunity to do and then create the environment to teach. The Bible. All right. So let me just drill all that down, summarize. Number one, the pastor and the kids ministry team have to get on the same page if you want to do this. Absolutely. So if you're the pastor, you got to get your kids ministry team on the same page with you. If you're the kids ministry team, you got to get the pastor on the same page with you. You got to be on the same page. Second, item, uh, you got to build a team because no one can do this alone. Mm -hmm. So you can't be a one man or one woman band and make this work. Number three, George says having a unique venue is very important. So try to create a unique venue with the resources that you have. There's lots of ways to do this. Pinterest can help you. Okay. Just figure it out. And then number four, I would say, why don't you network with some other ministers and pastors who are working with kids, make some friends. We'd love to be your friend here at Family Church, but you probably got some other folks closer to you. Go ahead and do that. And the best way that you can probably learn to do this, of course, mm. is attend this year's Sharper Conference That's because exactly George right. and his team will be there talking about this very topic. You can meet George. You can meet the team. You can discuss with them one-on-one -on -one about what we're doing. We'd love to learn from you as well. They would love to meet you. So would I. Register today at Sharper sharperconference.com Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out familychurchnetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.